Okay, the class is in memory of Jared Orchen, and today we're going to learn the Aftora of Parshat Shoftim, page 1476. As we mentioned once in the Aftora of Shabbat, Nachamu, I think, or Shabbos after, we spoke about it, that the Jewish people are having a conversation with God. Every beginning of Aftora is a question and answer. God sent, right after Tisha B'Av, God is sending the prophet to comfort the Jewish people. And he tells the prophet, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, go and comfort my people. The prophet came back to God and said, Aniyah lo nuchama. The, the Jewish people, the woman, doesn't find comfort. She doesn't want the prophet to comfort her. It's not good enough. God said, today's parsha, today's aftora, Anochi, Anochi, Umenachemchem. I myself will come to comfort you. God doesn't want, the Jewish people is not good enough for them, the prophet. It's interesting that this, this discussion has to do with the parsha of the week. You want to check to make sure everything is working. Just go from the back. Don't touch. <laughs> what? See? See? Yeah, being being yeah, a lawyer and a scientist yeah, did some good for you. <laughs> so many years in college, at least something came out. <laughs> you know, there is I mean, a yeshiva student comes from yeshiva. They asked him, let's say, to lead the service or something. And I don't know, he says. So many years in the shiva, you cannot even lead the service. <laughs> At least you can do another kind of the, 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 the video machine. What's being a lawyer? There's a little, uh, something practical. <laughs> then the conversation here is, then again, the prophet, God said to the prophet, go comfort my people. They came back a Shabbos later and told God, the Jewish people say they, don't want to, they, 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 they are not comforted. They want God to comfort them. God now comes this week and says, Anochi, Anochi, Anochi means me, I. I will comfort you myself. And the Rebbe asked in one of his talks that I saw today the first time, what is this business? Prophets are not good enough? Isn't the system that prophets are made to comfort the Jewish people, to give over the messages? That's how God established it. Will God established that in the parish of this week, right? The Jewish people said at Mount Sinai, God gave them the, the Ten Commandments, the Two Commandments, the Ten Commandments, what they heard from God himself. They freaked out, they, they died, whatever happened there. It was a, a crisis. And the Ten came to Moses and said, Moshe, you know what? We heard God, good enough. We believe you now. From now on, you talk to him. And tell us. Moses was a little disappointed. God gives you an opportunity to talk to him, and you don't want to talk to him. But in this parasha, Moses is saying, you remember that you said we don't want to talk to God straight, we need a prophet? We need you? Because of that, God established prophets. They should speak the word of God to the people. And what is this business that the Jewish people come after the destruction of the first temple, or the second temple, thank God, you send me a prophet, not good enough. We want you. Isn't the Jewish people themselves said 
that they don't want to hear from God himself, so to speak. They were afraid of God. And that's the system. Since Moses and Joshua and, the, and, and, and Samuel, King David and Solomon, they were also prophets, and Isaiah and Jeremiah. That's the system. What is this business? I want God himself. The Rabbi said something very interesting. In general, comfort of a prophet is good enough. But after the destruction of the temple, it was such a tragedy. It was such a... The magnitude of the tragedy was so big that a regular comfort, a regular prophet will not do, good, will not do it. For this case, you need God himself. So was the Rebbe. If God himself knew that for this there will not be enough prophet, why he didn't come? Why to, why, why to begin with God? He didn't say, I will come to, prophet, to comfort you. I need to send a prophet. Then the Jews complain. Then just come and pray. Because there is an order in life. In the world, there is an order. Everything is to go from step to step. Why there is three temples? We have two temples, right? The third temple, maybe Moshe will come. Why not just to send the third temple? Because it's going from step by step. Temple number one is one level. Temple, there was the Mishkan in the, te- in, in the desert. Then it was a temple. Then it was that second temple was top. In, in certain things, the second temple was stronger, bigger and longer. Stood more years than the first temple. The first temple was 410 years. Second temple was 420 years. The first temple was smaller than the second temple. Then it was going. Finally, will come the third temple will be forever. Everything goes so step to step. And the second temple is intermediate because it has components of both the first and the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. What I mean to say is the same thing is here, the Rebbe says. First of all, you send the prophet to comfort the Jewish people. Now we need to look at the Jew. If the Jew is comforted, fine. If it's not enough for him, and he cries out, God, I want you to comfort me, then we can get God. You understand? Like Pesach Sheini. You know what Pesach Sheini is? There is a story in the Bible, the second Passover. The Jewish people offered the first Passover in the desert. And there were some people who were impure, right? And they, they were too far away. Whatever happened to them, they were impure. That's basically. And they couldn't offer the Pesach, the Passover lamb. They came to Moses and complained. Why should we be left out? Such an American request. Why should we be left out? I also want. Moses turned to God. God said, they're right. We'll give them a second chance. Then the question is, if God planned to give a second chance to begin with, why didn't tell him? And if he didn't, would he change God's mind? There are certain things that you get only if you demand. If it's bothering you, and if you're missing it, God will go out of his way to give it to you. But you are, if you don't need it, I'm going to give you something you don't need. God wants to see the outcry. Taking away something from you, and now everybody says, oh, oh. no more shoes, oh, no more shoes, fine, oh, no more shoes. In the time of the Romans, in the beginning, the, 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 Rome, the, the Greeks said that uh, you cannot uh, observe circumcision. They cannot observe Shabbat. Cannot, and, the, and the men said, oh, no, I will not do this, I will not do this. Finally, the women came and woke them up. What do we not do? And only when the Jewish people were ready to go to war, 
then miracles took place. Miracles don't take place, you know. <laughs> we'll sit here and we'll learn Torah. Whatever, we'll be, we'll be. It doesn't work like this. If you are not ready to go the extra mile, God is also not ready to go for you the extra mile. God is a reflection of us, you understand? When is God going to come by, come by himself to comfort the Jewish people? When we cry out, we want God. Oh, you said there's an outcry, there's a screaming, there's a pogrom. The prophets are not good enough. Okay, then God comes out. But if he, but if he are satisfied, then he's for sure satisfied. Now here, and it's interesting, that's the connection between the parsha of this week and the Torah. In the parsha, God speaks about prophet. He's sending Moses said, God will appoint prophet like me, like Moses. One of you. And he will speak in the name of God. And it might be a false prophet and so on. In the Torah, the Torah comes and says, no more prophet. God himself is going to come. Now, where was the word Anochi said the first time? Mount Sinai. God said, Anochi, Hashem, Elokech, I am your God. Here, what is the, prophet, the beginning of the Torah start? Anochi, Anochi, double. At Mount Sinai, God said, I am once. God says here, twice I am. It's a higher level of connection to the revelation to the Jewish people. That's when Moshiach will come, will be Anochi, Anochi, in God will be a higher level than Mount Sinai. Build on Mount Sinai, the higher level of it. Is this similar to the exile when God went, Moses said, we only want you to go with us for a different level? That's it's the same know? idea, it's the same idea. That's all the idea that God says, I will send a messenger, I'll send a prophet, and the Jewish people say, we want you. We want Moshiach now. That's so, what it's all about. So who would the Jewish people talk to today when there are no prophets? Rabbi. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll just ask the question again. <laughs> you always have to ask on a good note by repeating, right? <laughs> God repeats twice, Anochi, Anochi. It's not asking a question. If we are really want a connection with God, with God, we'll get it. The more we invest in it, the more we'll get out of it. Now, are you talking as an individual or as a community? As an individual. Because I and thought this is, is implying a community. It's, it's individual and communities. It goes on both levels. Prayers, that's what prayers is all about. It's a love affair with God. And the more we invest in it, the more we get out of it. The more you put in, the more. It's all up to us. God is a reflection of us. And the more we'll search for God, there is a, there, there is a, uh, a, there is a, a prayer, it's, it's a song, and then we, in Chabad also, from the King David says, my, my soul is thirsty, thirst, is thirsty to God. And I'm dying out of thirst. Like the Rebbe once spoke about it. What's the point to be thirsty and thirsty and thirsty if you cannot be conscious of thirst? And the Rebbe said that being thirsty alone fulfills some of the, of the need. You understand? For example, you're missing somebody. You talk about them. You say, talking about them doesn't bring him back, right? 
but the talking about them alone satisfies you. A journey to God is the same thing. The more you journey, the more God you have. Then it could be done today. It's not like going to the prophet where we fulfill up a complaint to God. It doesn't work like this. It didn't work ever. It never worked like this. That's just the beginning of the after. Now we'll read a little bit. Here. Here God, there is another way to look at it a little bit. God says, the Jewish people complain, we need comfort, we need comfort, we know we are so broken, we are so depressed, things are so bad. <laughs> Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> God says, I'm coming to comfort you. Not only I'm coming, Anochi, I'm, I'm the same, I never change. I'm the same one who was at Mount Sinai. But you know who is asking God? God is asking the Jewish people, me at! Who are you? I am the same one. You guys changed. You have to return. You have to come back. You have to wake up. Enough of complaining, God help us, God help us. You have to do something also. That's an, a little bit different in a way of a conversation that God says, I am the same one as at Mount Sinai. I was there at Mount Sinai. The same Anoichi. The same I am that was at Mount Sinai is here, is here uh, uh, ready to redeem you. Miat, who are you? I don't recognize you. Why I don't recognize you? In a minute we'll see. Want to start to read? It is I, yes I, who comforts you. Why do you who have so many merits fear mortal man, human beings who are put into the world like grass? He you says, see, you, well, well, I cannot recognize you. You Jewish people afraid of mortal man? You guys at Mount Sinai, when I took out when it was the ten plagues and the splitting of the sea, manna, you were not afraid of people. What's wrong with you? You changed. I didn't change. That's what God is saying. You, who, you have forgotten the influence of Hashem who made you, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You are constantly afraid all day from the anger of the enemy that is preparing to destroy you but where is the enemy's anger? It's more than that. It's just, it's just an imagination, guys. God says, me, that I made the heaven and the earth. I'm telling you I'll take care of you, and you're afraid of, of human beings who, are, who disappear like, what he says? Yes. Like yes. us? Like, like Hatzir. Hatzir is like, yeah. Okay. Spoils right away. Afraid of this? And you have my... My insurance policy? And even it's not around. That's basically what we all are self-driving ourselves crazy day and night. Fears and fears and fears and stress and anxiety. And anxiety today was more than I think than it was then. And God says, what happened to you guys? I'm the same, I'm here. You used to have faith. Now you lost it, you're all, all over. Well, let me ask a question. So this, at this time in, in the history of the Jews, they weren't uh, praying on a daily basis to Hashem? And praying on a daily basis, no, it was not. It's it after the destruction of the first temple. It just started at the beginning of the second temple. Maybe it started a little bit. But it wasn't, they did not pray officially. But unofficially, people always pray. 
We were just using the Psalms at that point. They weren't really, it wasn't Yeah, but they need to say, what's prayer? What's prayer? Prayer is when I'm in need. I turn to God and say, God, help me. That's and you sit in a, in a taxi in New York, and he's driving like a Meshuggah and you're praying. <laughs> That's the real mitzvah of praying. They <laughs> <laughs> say that the taxi driver arrived to heaven, and he was going straight to heaven, and the rabbi stands in line. The rabbi is asking the taxi driver, it's not fair, what's going on here? He says, Rabbi, when you were speaking, they were sleeping. When I was driving, they were praying. It's <laughs> 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 the whole difference. <laughs> then, that's, because that's the real idea of prayer, is when you are in need. When you sit in a, when you watch your kids playing basketball or whatever it is, sports, and you pray you should be successful, that's prayer. That's what it's all about. And whenever we need, you turn to God and not to anything else. But it's not, listen, that's Isaiah said that. Isaiah was before the destruction of the first temple, but he saw the future. Number 14. The wanderer in exile will be freed quickly. Even when in exile, he did not die, and he was not destroyed, and his bread did not fail. For I am God, your God, who calms the sea, if he wants or makes its waves roar, his name is the God of hosts. God says, first of all, even during exile, you were taken care of. And in here is in Hebrew, that's literally the words of the Ten Commandments. The same words here. I'm the one who relaxes the, 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 the sea and makes the, the, the waves flow. I control everything. What are you worried about? What does it mean, though? It says the wanderer in exile will be freed quickly. Because it's been thousands of years we're in exile. What does that mean? <laughs> he wants to know why we're still in exile. No, I didn't ask why we're in exile. It says the, the, it says the, the uh, wanderer in exile will be freed quickly. First of all, after the, first, the, the, after the exile of the first temple, it's you go free. So, yeah, huh? yeah. It was fulfilled. Okay. Right. But also they were in Assyria, too, before that, when uh, the kingdom of Israel... When Isaiah said that they were in Assyria, so they, they're gone, they're lost. But the second thing is, again, like I said before about, it's, you don't have to wait for Mashiach to come. Going out from exile is also a personal process. If I cannot change a character in me, I'm in exile. We are of OCD things, all these fears. We are in exile. Freeing, freeing out from exile doesn't mean necessarily Physical. that we see Moshiach coming on a, on a white horse. This will be, yeah, absolutely. But on a small scale, every one of us has to go out of exile. And that's the job that we, if not, what we are learning. Moshiach will come, will take us out from exile. The big, the big redemption will come only when we small people will take, we'll get ourselves into our own redemption. We'll go out, we'll pull ourselves from our own exiles. From our own exile in Ibu, it's on the word Meitzarim, boundaries. More little boundaries. Oh, I cannot come five minutes early, I cannot say five minutes late, I cannot do this, that's what I'm used to, to do. Breaking the boundaries, that's what it's all about. Expand. Expand. Comfort zone. Yeah, we all like our comfort zone. And to go out of our comfort zone means to go out of exile. 
Rabbi, what's the the reason for the change in in person here? He goes, "For I am God, your God." In fifteen, and then he says, "Who comes to see if?" Then he goes, "If he wants or makes its way through." And then he says, "His name is the God of hosts." That happens many times, the even Lord, in Lord, every even in every bracha, in every blessing. Baruch Atah Hashem, you're speaking to God, right? Blessed are you, God, mm-hmm. King of the Universe. Continue in English. Asher Kedishano. Say it in English. Who sanctified us? Talking to him, right? So then you're talking about him. You understand what I'm saying? Well, that's that's changing. One second. In every blessing, you're starting to talk to him, Mm -hmm. then you talk about him. And so God is doing the same thing. That same thing is, it happens a lot, a lot, everywhere. He's talking about God, to God, and about God. It's all, exp- it's like many explanations, but the bottom line is, it's a very common thing that happens. What is the term uh, God of hosts? This is, in general, this is like prophecy. This is like poetry, I mean. Mm-hmm. God, God of hosts. No, who was the first one to say God of hosts? That's one of the gods. Does that mean God of the angels? Who was the first one to call God of hosts? It moved. I, I, I should, I should not okay. clap too much. <laughs> <laughs> Who said God of us the first one? You know. You should. Is that should. What, in Egypt? Huh? In Egypt? No. Abraham? No. Too far. I mean, too this far. Is, seems like a military. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably David. It's a shame that it's not written in the, it's not, it doesn't appear in this book. leaving Moses left, right? It's not in this book, no. Um, no. Oh, it brings out the stars. Hashem's voice, yeah, I know, but who is the first one to call God's voice? Hannah. Remember the after of Rosh Hashanah? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, in the, right. She called God God of us. God of us means God of the armies. Where's a big, where's a lot of soldiers, so to speak, angels. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's what God of Force means. How is she, she here, here it, it talks about the God of Force. What are you afraid of? I'm stronger than every other God. God's on earth. God is on earth, exactly. <laughs> thousands upon thousands of, of, of uh, angels. We, we use this expression of God of Force in every prayer. Every Mary, right? And more than that, everywhere. Everywhere. Tzvaot is a very God God of host is a very common everywhere in the prayer book. You're reading it in Hebrew, if you would read it in English, you would see it. <laughs> that on one end it's good to read it in one. The other and the other. Okay. Um, we are number sixteen, I think. Yeah? I have Put my words of Torah into your mouth, and in the Torah's merit, I sheltered you with the shadow of my hand from the enemy, planting you in your land like the stars of the skies, and establish, establishing you to be as widespread as the earth. All the nations will say to Zion, God is saying to you, you are my people. You are my people. That you are God's people. Then God says, I will put osim dvorai beficho. I'll put my word in your mouth. That when I learn Torah, 
It's the word of God in my mouth. Right? You know, the end is like a shadow. The shadow, I will protect you with my end because you learn Torah. know that when you when you when you say the you know when we say the blessing and the Avdala after Shabbat we use a candle and we put our hand like this for the nails but also to see the difference in shadow and, and light to enjoy the light so to speak why why God was promising us to, that he will protect us with his with the shadow of his end because he learned Torah learning Torah is the protection of the Jewish people the Jewish people need an army they need connections, they need aeroplanes, and they need tanks. But the most important thing that protects the Jewish people is the people who learn Torah. Jewish law says that in a, talking about a regular city, not even in Israel, that a, every, the scholars have to be apart, pay for everything. But they don't have to pay for, for guard, guards to the city because they guard the city. With their learning Torah, they guard the city. That's the idea behind having Yeshivas to strengthen Israel. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like a mezuzah. Like a mezuzah, exactly. And God will say to Zion, to the Jewish people, you are my people. Now, okay, number 17, God is saying, you know what God is telling the Jewish people? Stop krechzing. <laughs> Look what he's saying. Before we get there, the term Sion. Uh, I wanted to speak about the Gethsemane. Okay, go ahead. The, the term Sion is used, is used in several different ways. I mean, it's used here for Israel. It's used for the Temple Mount. But Mount Zion in, in Israel today is not the Temple Mount. Because you called it Mount Zion, it's my fault. <laughs> um, Zion, Sion is the Neshama, the soul. A sign. Sion means, Sion means a sign. Like a mark. You know that I. Gravestone is called a tzion, a sign, a mark that somebody is buried there. Tzion means a mark. What's the difference between O-T? For example, for example, for example, for example, one second. You give people an attest, you get a mark, right? Mm -hmm. Why it's called a mark? I don't know. Because you can see it. I don't know, but it's called a mark. It's called an ibu, tzion. Tzionim. It's a tzion kibata. What mark is that? The tzion is a mark. The mark, in every Jew, there is a mark of God. There is a representative of God, the Neshama. Zion is the Neshama. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about a stone, a wood. He's not talking to, to mountains. He's talking to people. Mountains don't understand. People talk. People understand. But it's used later on for the land of Israel. Obviously, but <laughs> it's, it's, never on the, it's never straight on the land. The land, what the land represents, again, the people. It's again about the Jewish people. No matter what you're talking about, look, look number 17. Who's supposed to read number 17? Wake up, wake up, rise, O Jerusalem. Wake up, wake up, itoreri, itoreri, kumi Yerushalayim. Where do you know the, this, this expression, itoreri, itoreri? In the, um, when you do Ladodi? In Lechadodi, on Friday night, it's used for meal. Many expressions in the Lechadodi come straight from meal. Itoreri, itoreri. Awake, awake, wake up. God tells the Jewish people, I'm the same one. You guys change. Itoreri, wake up. No. Come back. You have to wake up. You have to help yourself sometimes. Get up in Jerusalem. Move Jerusalem to get up. A stone, a wood, the earth. 
How's that comforting, though, to be telling people you have to wake up, you have to do this? God tells them, I'm here, guys. Now it's your turn. Now you get up. It's very comforting, too. It's not, you see, comforting is not just, I'll tell you, sometimes comforting will not be enough because comforting is another thing that I saw today from the Rebbe. Anochi, Anochi, twice. There is a father who comforts his son, and there is a mother, last, last of Torah we learned, like two of Torahs ago, like a mother, last of Torah, like a mother that comforts her son. Remember, we spoke about it? Um, in the Torah it's written, Kerachem Aval Banin, like a father has mercy on his sons. The mother comforts his children, her children, the father has mercy on your children. What's better, to comfort your child or to have mercy on your child? Comfort. You want to be comforted. I know. And those mean it's better. <laughs> <laughs> what means to be comforted? You're sitting like this. And somebody's comforting you all day. You're such a good boy. You're okay. Don't worry. Comforting doesn't say change the situation. It doesn't fill up the, 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 what you missed, you understand? What you lost. You're comforting, you're trying to make it easy. The father is trying to wake you up, to start to move. Comforting is almost to people who don't want to do anything. It's passive. It's a passive thing. That's why you like comforting. Everybody, you're not the only one. I can tell people, you know, getting depressed, why everybody's depressed? Because it's easy. It's much easier to sit like this than to do something. You don't need to teach anybody how to get depressed, you know. Come here, I'll teach you. You know, you're such a thing, it's hard to get depressed. You're getting dep you get depressed is the easy part. Doing nothing, sure. You know, there is a, there is a book, the Tanya is called the Sefer Shebenonim, a book for the intermediaries. The, 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 the Rebbe said like this, there is no book for tzaddikim because it's very hard. A book for the Reshoim, for the evil people we don't need. Everybody knows how to do it. Then you need a book for the intermediate. You understand? How to get the prayer? That's why it is more than just comforting. Anochi from the father. There is anochi from the mother. The mother comforts her child. The father has mercy on his child. Because he has mercy, he tells him, wake up. Start to do something. You get out of your, of your depression. Give. Do to others. Then, then you, 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 you get excited about life. Somebody told me the other day, his daughter had to go to Israel. Then she had a stomach flu. They wanted to change the ticket. It was five hundred dollars. They told her, "Just get up and go." It's gone. Before she came to New York, she already forgot she had a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing more making you sick than laying in bed. The more you get, you lay in bed. The more you start to feel all your bones in your bed. You get depressed. You get the best cure for a person. The best cure is to throw him out of his house. Get out and start to help others. The more we'll be busy helping God, we'll not have time to think about ourselves. You know, in Russia, I read, I read was a famous uh, uh, psychologist. His name was Fischl Schneerson from the, from the Chabad descendants, a great, great author and a psychiatrist that I saw him writing. He said that he saw patients that he had before World War II. He says, during World War II, they got cured. You know why? Because depression 
is a, is a sickness of the rich. It can be, you have to be able to afford to be depressed. In <laughs> Russia, nobody is depressed because they need to eat. If you will be depressed, you will die from hunger, my friend. <laughs> nobody has time to get depressed. It's a matter of survival. But more than that, when you do that, as I mentioned the story a few times about a, a girl who, a couple, was supposed to get married, used to get into the Rebbe, a few days before the, the, the wedding, used to get a private audience. Used to come in together. Now, a religious bride and groom, the week before the wedding, they don't talk to each other, they don't meet each other. But to the Rebbe, they walk in together, and then they left. They come in together. Get the Rebbe gives them a bochen. After the bochen, the bride tells the Rebbe, Rebbe, I want to speak with the Rebbe privately. <laughs> it was a whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> If the secretary would know that she has such a plan, he would never let her in to begin with. <laughs> and the Rebbe gave one look on the guy. He disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> she was by the Rebbe in the office for 20 minutes. The guy thought he's dying. And after the, she walked out, they couldn't talk to each other. <laughs> He waited until it was, it was on Wednesday, Sunday was the, the wedding. Right after the chuppie, he go to the Yichud room, to the private room. First thing he asked him in the Yichud room, why do you talk to the rabbi? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't wait four days, he thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and the rabbi told, she tells him, I told the rabbi that I'm afraid to get married. She wanted to call off the, the wedding. Four days before the chuppie. For the wedding. For the rabbi, I don't like children. And when my husband will say that I don't like children, they divorce me. It will be a disaster. She was all woke up that the world is coming to an end. Get married. And after you get married, the rabbi told her, go and volunteer in a children's hospital. And you will start to develop relationship and feelings to children. The guy has, I think, 13 children now. <laughs> and the woman who didn't like, like children. But what's the idea? The idea is when you give. The same thing is here. Here comes Anoichi, Anoichi, the father, not just the mother, and says, I'm comforting you, but guys, enough of this business of krechzing. Get up, wake up, and start to do something. Let's read number 17. Again, I'm sorry. Wake up, wake up, or rise. Go ahead, O Jerusalem. Wake up, wake up, rise, O Jerusalem. You who have been drinking until now the cup of wrath from Hashem's hand to cleanse your sins. You drank and sucked the cup of poison to the dregs, so there are no punishments left for you. He said, you suffered a lot until now. Yes, I know that. But let's move on. Continue number 18 of all. Of all the children to whom she gave birth, there is no one to guide her, no one to hold her hand from all the children she raised. Double suffering has happened to you, but who will even nod his head to comfort you when everybody is your enemy? God says here, I know you suffered a lot. You're, you're so you're so." You're drunk from the drinking, the suffering, from the cup of suffering, not on the cup, not on the cup of wine. You drink 
cups of suffering so much that you are drunk and you are drunk in such a way that you don't even have... We are your younger kids to show you the way. We are the older kids to, to support you to walk when a drunk person walks. The, medish, the, the commentary say, it's like the older son will hold them to help him to walk in the younger side will show him the way. You don't have a younger child, you don't have an older child, you're lost. Yeah, you suffered a lot. Continue. From the double suffering of robbery and starvation, famine and the sword, who will be able to comfort you? Your children have passed out from the lack of food and drink. They lie unburied at the head of every street, like a bison caught in a trap, filled with the effects of God's fury, the rebuke of your God. Doesn't sound good, right? Mm-hmm. But, go ahead. Therefore, therefore, hear this, O afflicted one, who is like a drunk from suffering and not from wine. This is what your master, your almighty God, who fights for his people, says. I have taken the cup of poison from your hand and the dregs from the cup of my wrath. You will never drink from it again. I will place it in the hands of your persecutors who said to you, bow down and we will walk over you and make your body like the ground, like the street for passerby. Okay. That he says, you're right, you suffered a lot, I recognize it. You were drinking the, the cup of suffering, and, and, and it's interesting, in Hebrew, there is a cup of comfort. That's an expression, you offer comfort to somebody, you offer him a cup. It used to be a cup of wine to comfort Amona. And it's called a cup because there is a cup of suffering, and there's a cup of, a cup of comforting, so to speak, the opposite. But God says, you were drinking plenty. Now I'm going to give this cup to your enemies. They will drink from it. These enemies who walked all over you, you were ready to suffer. The Jewish people were ready to suffer from their enemies and not give up on their religion. They were in Jewish, throughout Jewish history, we had many opportunities to convert to the other religion, to, to worship idols, and to have a good life. And the Jewish people were ready that everybody will... All the passerbys will walk over them, but they didn't give up on the religion. That's what he's saying. Rabbi, he's also saying uh, uh, you'll never drink from it again. Yes. Does never mean just never. for the short period, or is this a prophecy for the longer term? Like, I'll never kill the earth with a flood again. That, that, that's a and long term. The question is why um, was the Holocaust? That's um, a um, uh, yes. Among others. <laughs> I have the same question. And I'm not going to find excuses for God. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just... No, no, no. Uh, you have, it's a good question. God said you'll never drink the... the, the but the, the, I can't yeah. read the Hebrew, but I mean, is that... But I'll tell you. Does happen. the Hebrew word really say never? Yeah, never. The question is, when is he talking about? You're right, this is the ultimate redemption. Never took place yet. Yeah. I mean, they still. this was during the first temple. You understand what I'm saying? We still had the second temple. Exactly. At least to say the ultimate redemption after the ultimate redemption will come will never be again. Yeah, absolutely. But the ultimate redemption didn't come yet. A small technical problem. (laughs) It's time. (laughs) Now, this this was chapter 51 in the book of Isaiah. A half of the chapter from the middle of the, from number 12, right? This is chapter 52. He continued the Aftorah. How is he continuing the Aftorah? Again, a call for a wake-up. Go ahead. Wake up from your slumber of offering. Wake up. Clothe yourself with your strength of old, Sion. Put on your beautiful clothes, O Jerusalem, holy city, for the uncircumcised and unclean will no longer enter you to rule over you. Okay. 
Uri, Uri. That's also where we say, we remember that? Also from the Chadodi, right? What's the words? Uri, Uri, Shir Daberi. Yeah, wake up, wake up. did that already. No, that was his Toreri, Toreri. And this is Uri, Uri. Similar, but not the same. Again, the prophet is telling the Jewish people, guys, now it's your turn. Wake up. And what is he saying? Put on your clothing, your beautiful clothing. What is the beautiful clothing of Jerusalem? Torah? Torah is compared to food. What is clothing? Mitzvahs. Mitzvahs. In mitzvahs alone, you know what the biggest mitzvah is? Torah study. That's Torah, that's food, again, back to food. Well, it can't be, 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 be. Mitzvahs! Clothing in the kid. There's an amazing story. There's a story about the Rabbi of Tzanz, was a Hasidic Rabbi, that he had one weakness. He couldn't leave money in his house. If he had money, he had to give out all the money before he went to sleep, charity. He couldn't sleep on the money, so to speak. And it was talking about the OCD big time. Wanted, he, had, he had this thing, it was to give charity. The big, he was a big rabbi, at, he had reached Hasidim, and he used to call him sometimes, he said, I'm dying, I'm dying, I need you to give me money to give for charity. He gave him money, he gave everything up. Everything, everything, everything. Nothing for himself. Story goes, he married off his youngest daughter. He had thousands and thousands of Hasidim. He was in Galicia. Where is Galicia? Somewhere in, uh, in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Huh? Where's Galicia? I don't know. I thought it was Lithuania. Yeah. It's part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah, somewhere like this. Can you imagine going to the Chupa? The youngest daughter, thousands of Hasidim came to the valley. He's going to the Chupa. And the middle is kids. I hear somebody crying. I can't take it. Somebody's crying. They know when he says somebody's crying, it's not that he is a child crying for me. Somebody in town is crying. He was very sensitive to crying of other people. But he spread all over town to see who is crying. He's not going to the chupe. Somebody's crying. They found that in the same city, there's another wedding from a very poor bride. She's going to the chupe. She has no, she has no clothing. No normal clothing to the chupe. They came back. They said, yeah, they found the girl. There's another bite who she's sad because she doesn't have a bride dress. Gown. He turned to his daughter and he said like this. It's written about God, his clothing, charity is his clothing. God's clothing is charity. But he looked, on, he looked on his daughter and he says, with which clothing you want to go to the chuppah? With your clothing or with God's clothing? And she took off, she went to her home, they exchanged clothing. The daughter of the greatest rabbi, where the, the richest chassidim, they, they put her on the most beautiful gown it could be. She gave her gown to this girl and she put on her schlep, shmatas, 
and she got rejected. That's that's what that's what it called. That's the clothing that Hashem is talking about. With general mitzvahs are clothing, but the the more charitable the mitzvah is, the more clothing it is. What is the beauty of Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the Jewish people. We have clothing. Any mitzvah is clothing. You put on films, you put on and you rent, that's a clothing. What's a clothing? Clothing is something that you replace. You put on your suit, you take off your suit. You put on the film, you take off the film. Mitzvahs in general are clothing. When we say, you know, on Yom Kippur, we say in the Aftorah, one day we'll learn this Aftorah too. We'll get there. We'll say that the Aftorah says, again from the book of Isaiah, right? Yom Kippur in the morning, what do you say there? If you see a naked man, you should call them. What does this mean? See a naked man. I see him. Is anybody seeing a naked man in Solomon lately? Yes. Doesn't exist. Yeah, on the beach maybe. But not because he doesn't have clothing. <laughs> you see a naked man naked of mitzvahs? Clothe them with a mitzvah. Help him. Inspire him. Connect to him. Invite him. That's what it's all about. Here Hashem is turning to to, to Zion, and he says, wake up, clothe yourself with your, with your, with your strength, strength of all Zion. Put on your beautiful clothes. What is the beautiful clothes? Mitzvahs. Go, go ahead, number two. Quick question. Uh, go ahead. Uncircumcised and unclean. I know there's one trans, uh, There's one commentator who says that refers to Christians and Muslims, but what, what, what's your take Not necessarily that? Christians and Muslims. <laughs> Anybody who is not Jewish. Uncircumcised mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a reference to anybody who, who is not a part of the covenant. That's what it is. Not necessarily, it might be circumcised for the, for the, for the matter, for, technically. You understand yeah, what I'm the saying? Egyptians were circumcised. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a matter of technical term, whoever is circumcised. Whoever should be circumcised is circumcised. Whether the uncircumcised are considered the people or not a part of the covenant, for the, the Jewish people covenant. We are in number three, where are we? Two. 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 Go for it. Jerusalem, shake off the dust of mourning, arise and sit on your throne, release the bonds from your neck, O daughter of Zion, captured in Babylon, for this is what God says, you were sold for nothing. Then first of all, the prophet tells him, shake up, get up of mourning, get out of it. You know, when a mourner, after seven days of mourning, we tell the mourner, in Yiddish or whatever, we tell them, stay off, get up. It's a mitzvah to tell them, get up, enough. And we wish him that he will never have to sit again. But that's a part of the tradition. And that's exactly what Hashem is telling, him, is telling the Jewish people, the prophet is telling. Continue, I'm sorry. For this is what God says, you were sold for nothing, so you will redeem, be redeemed without payment. This is what God... No, when God sold us as slaves, the nations of the world didn't pay God anything. They got us for free. They says, nobody, we don't owe them anything. You can live. You can live. You can be redeemed right away. Go ahead. This is what God Almighty says. My people originally went down to Egypt long ago to live there temporarily. And Sancharev, king of Assyria, oppressed them for no reason. What he says here is something interesting. We went to Egypt. The Egyptians didn't come to take us to exile. We went to Egypt. They were our host for 210 years. Showing a few uh, eight years of the 210, they were not nice. 
Fine, but, but we were in exile, so to speak, he doesn't blame Egypt so much. But Sanherif, the Syrian king, he came to Israel. He was the first one to exile the Jewish people. Before Babylon, before everybody, he was the first one to take the ten, 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 ten tribes. The ten lost tribes, he, too, he did it. That he took us, he, go ahead and see, oppressed them for no, for no reason. He came from nowhere to attack the Jewish people. We never heard them. We never came to him. It's not like we came to Egypt. Assyria came to us. Go ahead. So, so why should I leave my people in exile here now, says God, for my people were taken captive free of charge, and its oppressors are boasting of their success, says God. My name is disgraced constantly all day. By the Jewish people being in exile, the name of God is being disgraced every day. Because what people say, if this is the Jew, the, the, the chosen people, where is the God? That when a Jew suffers, it's not only the Jew suffers. When a Jew is in exile, the Shekhinah is in exile, you understand? God is stuck with the Jews. It's not that he sent the Jews in exile and he stayed back. But, it, but it God also, Hashem also arranged for Assyria to take over. This is true. But God suffers with it. It's like almost, i give you an example. Like you, you have to punish your child. You shouldn't go out of the room. Your heart breaks, but you know you have to do it. But God suffers together with the Jewish people. Because his name is being desecrated every day that the Jewish people suffer. But he knew that. I'm sure he knew that. But he had no choice. Just like a parent who knows that he has to, he has to give his, he has to discipline his son. If not, he will never walk. Yeah, and giving, giving in all the time, as we all know, as we all know, doesn't work. Not only doesn't work, we make disservice to our children. Therefore. Therefore, when my people are redeemed, they will recognize my name. Therefore, on that day, they will know that I, who promised redemption, am here having fulfilled my word. How beautiful it would be when the feet of one who announces the redemption goes up upon the mountains to make his voice heard from afar, announcing peace, announcing good, and announcing salvation. Announcing peace, announcing good, and announcing salvation. Who is going to be the one to stand on the mountain tells us that? Elijah. Elijah, Mashiach, yeah. Go ahead, finish the verse. He will declare to Zion, your God is king over the whole world. He will declare to Zion, God became the king. When you know we sing every time we finish the Oleno. God will be a king. I'll call and all the earth. By Mahu at that day. We're talking about they talking about the day for Moshiach come. By Mahu yeah, at that day God and his name will be all over the world. Everybody working as God. That's what he's talking about. Then the prophet, the, the Moshiach, Elijah will come on top of the mountain and will announce, guys, the time of redemption has arrived. The world recognizes that there is a God. And then what's going to be? Continue. Yeah, go ahead. People declare to Zion, your king is king over the whole world. Your town watchmen who announce visitors with their voices will raise their voices together and sing. For God's return to Zion will be seen eye to eye. Okay. 
At the same time, when the announcer will stand on the mountain, at the same time the town watchers, the watchers, the people stand on their mountain to see who comes, will see eye to eye, they will see, they announce the, the, the Moshiach or Elijah who comes and tells us that, that the time of the redemption has arrived. And together, go ahead, I'm sorry, we are now number nine. No, number eight, I'm sorry. Let's read number eight again. Uh, your town watchmen. Your town watchmen who announce visitors with their voices, who raise their voices together and sing. Together with the, with the person who, who announced it, go ahead. For God's return to Zion will be seen eye to eye. Eye to eye in a physical eye, eye behind you. Not in a, not in a spiritual sense, in a physical sense, we'll be able to see that Moshiach is coming, that the redemption has arrived. Continue. Burst forth in song together, O ruins of Jerusalem. For God has comforted his people and redeemed Jerusalem from the control of idolaters. God has bared his holy arm before the oh, eyes. Now he says another thing. God has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. How is God bearing his arm? What does this mean? What happens when you bear your arm? What do you want to show? His muscles. Show strength. From time to time, God stretches out his arm, builds and builds his arm. What does this mean? From time to time, God makes, God makes miracles. For example? Outstretched arm in Egypt. Yeah, went to Egypt. From time to time today. Oh. And the, the war, they plane the land around Hudson. Antebi. No, no, no missiles on, on Israel. The, the and the Persian Gulf War. From time to time, God shows to the Jewish people, to the world, that there is a blessing. It doesn't happen every day. It's whenever God decides. Okay. Uh, I'll finish the sentence. God has bared his only arm before the eyes of all the nations when he punished the enemy. All those who live at the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Go out, go out, leave that place of exile quickly. Do not touch anything unclean. Go out from the city of your exile. Keep pure, you who carry God's weapons, the Torah and its mitzvot. But you will not leave. You will not leave. Now, number 12 is very important. Go read it slow. Um, but, But you will not leave too quickly in a panic or depart in flight since God is going before you. And the God of Israel. Is when they lived in guard. when they lived in a panic. Egypt. Egypt. They were running out. Quickly came out from Egypt, right? They hate the, the food. They didn't have time to, to make the, the matzahs. And then they were running away from the and, the and first of all the Egyptians chased them out. Right? That's living in a panic. And then they were they were uh, they were flighting. They were running away. From Egypt, right? First of all, the Egyptians chased them out of the city. Then the Egyptians were running after them. They were running again. He says, the Moshiach will come. God, slow. Nobody will push us out. Nobody will be running after us. God will be in front of us. God will be in the back of us. Yeah. See, part of the reason why we were rushing out from Egypt, because it's written in the message that one more minute we would never go out. We were so synced in the, in the culture of Egypt, we, wouldn't, we would stay there. Here it's a whole different coming yeah, out of here. Most of the people did stay. Uh-huh. 80% of them stayed. Yeah. Here, 
And Moshiach will come and be a whole different way from Cadillacs. Not running around with matzes, with cakes, with cookies. A nice Kiddush. And it, this language is reminiscent of uh, in the wilderness with the with the with the fire and pillar of cloud, the God's presence before and after in the day and the night. So exactly. It's the same language. The same thing. We will not rush out from exile. We'll go out like big machas. <laughs>